We are back with another AmeriCorps Connections. I was able to find this superstar, Antonio Mendez, which we'll get into his story in a little bit. AmeriCorps alum, Teach for America, and some pretty cool surprises as we go down his journey of national service and his continued service in national service. But before we get started, if you're new to this podcast, you have reached the AmeriCorps Connections podcast where... I'm the founder and brainchild, Nikki Fiaco, and I bring AmeriCorps alums onto the podcast. And we we highlight and reminisce about our service year. But one thing that's really important I find fascinating is to learn what these AmeriCorps alumni are doing now, years and years after service, sometimes only a couple years, sometimes a couple, a couple of months. But it's tremendous to learn the stories of the AmeriCorps alum and really to connect us together. There's over one point, I think 2 million AmeriCorps folks who have gone through the AmeriCorps program and are now alumni. So wouldn't it be amazing if we could start connecting in the virtual world and in the real world? Before we get started, I have some exciting, uh, an exciting announcement. AmeriCorps week is the week, the second week in March. And we have a special partnership between the AmeriCorps Connections podcast and Toolbank USA, those tool banks that rent out tools to community members and organizations across the country. There are a handful of tool banks who will be hosting AmeriCorps alumni projects during the week of March 10th through the 16th. So you can see here if you are watching on YouTube, if not, if you're listening in your podcast platform, you can reach out to Baltimore, Charlotte, Cincinnati, uh, Houston, Phoenix, and Richmond. We'll all have service projects during the week of March 15th through the 16th. Go to Toolbank USA slash AmeriCorps Week 2024, and you can find out more information. Very, very excited for this very exciting week of, of service and bringing alumni together in the real world, the real physical world. So, all right, let's just jump in. Antonio, originally I reached out to you because you were you were announced the 40 under 40 for Denver, Colorado. And I saw that you were part of NCCC and I thought, we got to know this guy. He has got to be part of the AmeriCorps Connections interviewees. So how, like, what the heck? Like, how did you get started? What was your stream of service and what are you up to now? And then let's talk about that 40 under 40. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Nikki, for inviting me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. So my original stream of service was Teach for America in Newark, New Jersey. And the story of how I even got to Teach for America is a really interesting one. So I was a posse scholar back between 2002 and 2006. Posse is a scholarship that sends groups of posses together to top tier liberal arts colleges and universities with the idea that some folks would do really well at these schools, but they just don't have their posses with them to make them feel like they belong. So I went to Colby College in Waterville, Maine, and my senior year, I was on a legal track. Like I was going to go to law school. That was the goal. That always was the goal. So I did the LSATs. And then one Sunday night, I missed dinner. It was a very like momentous moment in my life uh, where I went into this Teach for America information session with the pure purpose of getting pizza. Like I knew this wasn't for me. I, I love I that. Like, yeah. I was like, they have Papa John's like that. That'll cover me for tonight. And so I sat and I watched to be respectful. And they put on a video, a recruitment video, 
And in the recruitment video, it was my seventh grade social studies teacher, Mrs. Cora Frost. Now Miss Cora True Frost, married to Jim True Frost, who plays on The Wire. He plays Prez Belusky. So really interesting. Yeah, I know. Random. Um, but she's talking about working in Harlem with underprivileged kids. And I never saw myself that way. And I realized that she was part of the reason I never saw myself that way. She impacted me in such a very real way. I went to a, a very good school in New York, but still struggling with resources. And there was amazing teachers like her. One notable thing she did for us, she planned a school trip to the Holocaust Museum in D.C., which for an under, under-resourced school, that was a big deal. And my mom was like a chaperone on that trip. It was like, I really, it started my lifelong love of civics. So anyway, I was like, I don't believe in science, but that's a side, right? Like the randomness of it all. I was like, I think I have to apply to this. So I did. And at that time, TFA was more selective than like Harvard. So I was like, there's a very good chance I don't get this. But I think for them, the narrative was so strong too, right? They also felt like, oh no, there's something here. So I started the program and you get to rank where you want to go. And so for me, it was like New York because I'm from New York. So what is serving my community? I want to serve those same kids and help them believe that they can. And then I was being silly. So I was like, Hawaii because like Hawaii would be amazing. I'd never been to Hawaii. I'd never you been know, west of Mississippi. You know, a bunch of people are looking up TFA right now and they're like, oh, and, and that's Teach for America. So if you're, Sorry, you're like, America, I want to I want to in Hawaii. That's funny. Yeah. So, so Hawaii. And then third, I put Newark because it's close to New York. And I thought, okay, I'll still see my family. It's close by. I didn't realize at the time, if you put Newark anywhere on your list, you're going to Newark because Newark is in such need of talented teachers. So my right after senior year, I, I did my training in Philadelphia, which is where regionally TFA or Teach for America would send everyone. It was like uh, Teach for America Newark, Teach for America Camden, Teach for America Philadelphia, Teach for America Chicago. We all met at Temple University and we did a summer. Um, and then I got uh, sent to Hawthorne Avenue Elementary School. I was a third grade self-contained teacher for that time, um, which for those who don't know, self-contained means you teach like English, math, social studies, science, you teach those four subjects to your class. Um, Then you send them out for like gym and other things as well. Uh, If anyone's watched Abbott Elementary, it kind of felt like that with less men. Uh, I was one of two men in the building. I was also the only person who wasn't, who wouldn't identify as black in the building. Okay. It was a very eye-opening year. I come from New York, from Washington Heights. So if you've seen In the Heights, it's kind of story, lots of dancing, lots of men in game machata. Uh, but Newark was very different. You know, the first thing I saw when I moved there was um, in Journal Square, they had a big sign that said, stop the killings in Newark, become a teacher. The, the wow. teachers set up. Yeah. My parents were always very worried for my, my safety. I was fine. Nothing ever happened to me that year. Wasn't robbed. Thank God, wasn't nothing bad happened. But but it was tough. It was different. You know, we had codes for when something bad was happening outside. I'm sure all schools do, but ours happened more frequently. Back then, Cory Booker, now Senator Booker, was Mayor Booker. And my principal was Principal Baraka, Raz Baraka, who's the current mayor of the city of Newark. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so Raz had just come from the high school. Mayor Booker had moved nearby because he'd realized wherever he went, police went. And that meant that crime went down. So yeah, Hawthorne Avenue Elementary School was a struggling school, but it's an eye-opening experience and one that I still take with me. And I, and it impacts me on a regular basis. 
So I just want to like, just circle back to that, that captured moment where national service was like, we need you. Right. And to be so intuitive where you really believed and wanted to go in a different direction, but to take a pause and say, "Mm, I'm going to have to check this out. Like, that's just very, I don't know. I, I feel like it's ahead of people's times, ahead of your times, like, you know, towards the end of college and everything, you're still kind of trying to figure things out and who am I and what am I going to do? And like, there's somebody that I listen to and they talk about going upstream, like going with the current as opposed to trying to swim against the current. And Mm -hmm. to me, I felt like it was one of those moments where you could have chose to swim upstream, but you went with the current and one of the you know, taking a choice to go with Teach for America. And that's when I'm assuming national service grabbed you. <laughs> Just... You know, it's funny. It, it, I think it gave me a taste at that mm. moment. But then, and I can give you sort of my like, here's the path afterwards. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so after my service here, I worked with the Posse Foundation because I felt like I wanted to give back to the organization that had allowed me to go to college. And so I helped them start their science posse model. So same model of posse, but incorporate a STEM element to it. So we sent kids to do biology, chemistry, biochemistry, physics, and neuroscience. And that was when Barack Obama got his Nobel Peace Prize. And he gave us a portion of that Peace Prize to expand that program. Wow. And so we were at Brandeis University and we sent over, I was part of three cohorts going over. And one of my scholars, Nana, who's this amazing young man who's now a doctor at Columbia. And it's just like, he's exactly why we do what we do. And you need to hold on to those moments. But he asked me once, he's like, didn't you want to be a lawyer? Like, why are you still here? And I was like, ooh, okay, yeah, you're right. So I applied to law school and I applied to the Fulbright Scholarship simultaneously. And I got both. And I was a Fulbright Scholar to Andorra. And University of Denver was the highest ranked law school that let me defer for a year. So I go do that Fulbright. So went nice. to Rock for a year. I strongly recommend folks do that if they have the chance in their career. Really where great. Did you, where did you go? Yeah, Andorra between France and Spain. It's this tiny okay. principality, 75,000 people at the time. They speak Catalan, but they also speak Spanish and French and some folks speak Portuguese. So wow. very interesting European country. One of the first countries in Europe when everything else was still a kingdom. Yeah, really interesting. But did my year there teaching English to, you know, high school students, essentially, uh, while also working with their parliament. Uh, I was with one of the first Americans to work for their parliament. Um, and then after that, I went to law school and I thought, I'm going to do international law. I just did this international experience and I love international law. Yeah. Uh, graduated with my international law degree. Thought I was going to go back to New York, but uh, Governor Hickenlooper ran for governor and I joined the political team. And so, again, national service not being touched at any point here, right? Um, right. I became deputy chief of staff to Lieutenant Governor Joe Garcia, who's just an amazing man. And then Lieutenant, deputy chief of staff to Lieutenant Governor Donald Lynn. And at that point, the executive director of the State Service Commission had left and I got promoted to being the director of the State Service Commission. So I was, and they were like, you have an AmeriCorps background. I did teach for America however yeah. long ago, but that, it was enough for them to be like, okay, yeah. you know us, we know you, we trust that you can handle this. I, The conversation we had was, don't sink the ship. 
the ship is is sailing right now don't sink it and i thought i think oh. that that's the that's the mission of every commission is just like stay okay. afloat i mean yeah. when i was director of this state service commission in maryland I mean, there were times where I think we hit a wave and the bow like went so far down. I didn't think it was going to come back up, you know, but thank God for America's service commissions, our friends at ask. I mean, they had Great every camera. life preserver and lifeboat. They were like, we got you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, that's the one thing that really shocked me about the commissions was the, the like the organization, the brotherhood and sisterhood of the you know the organization like that state service commission eds you all felt like okay you will only you understand what i'm going through in terms of like the you know not only administrating the americorps programs which is such an honor and a privilege but like the fundraising part of like trying to get match and all these things like it's uh, i just did an event this week um at the americorps triple c campus where i brought together state service commissions from our region we have a nine state region in the Southwest, and that includes like Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas, Wyoming. And four of those folks came out and it felt like seeing old friends. Yes. You know, Shelly and Chris and Melinda, and I'm just like giving hugs and I'm like, yes, these are my people. And they'll yes. always be my people, regardless of what position I'm currently in. So yeah, I I really valued my time. But that's but when National Service said, okay, we need you again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I transitioned to N Triple C right at the beginning of COVID. I think that's when that's bizarre. Like N Triple C for so National Civilian Community Corps, right? Yes. I crushed it. (laughs) (laughs) Only a year of podcasting, three years in state commission, and two years in programming. Only a decade worth of experience, and now I got it. That's bizarre. So folks that are listening, and I'll let you explain it even better, but NCCC is an in-person, like, we do these things together. We ride in vans together. We house together. So to join in 2020, I don't know, do you want to go into that story, or do you want to, like, whatever, like, that's craziness. Yeah, so I, I, Dana Platon, who's the person who had my job before me, had gotten another role at, I believe it's USDA. And so, you know, she told me that she thought I would, might be good for the role. And my current role is the Deputy Region Director for Programming and Training. And so I applied because my goal was to learn all streams of service. So I had known AmeriCorps State and National. I knew about VISTA, but I've never overseen a VISTA program or project or even like done the monitoring, you know, on the agency right. side and i knew about NCCC because uh, i had just done a state service bus tour with uh, the lieutenant governor and with ken goodson who at that time was the region director for the southwest region and we had stopped in montrose colorado which is you know on the western slope we'd heard from a homeowner who you know in front of the team just broke down crying saying oh, no. you know we would be homeless without you you guys built my house you made it livable um, and so here was like 10 people's service in like five weeks that had really solidified an impact of this person's life. And I always took that with me like, okay, this program touches lives in a very direct way. I love being part of the State Service Commission, but it felt more like grant management and it felt yeah. less member interaction and less like the the why we do what we do. It's why I did the the National Service Bus Tour. I wanted to see our programs in the field. I wanted to meet our members where they were. Yeah and have our elected officials say, okay, this is the power of AmeriCorps. So I applied to NCCC, I got selected, 
2020. I started, I think it was like April 1st, 2020. We kind of knew what was happening. I remember as the last thing I did as executive director of the State Service Commission was travel down to Gunnison, Colorado to discuss this COVID pandemic that was happening and what we would That's have to thing. do with our members. Gunnison's a ski community. It's a lot of other things, but it's a ski community as well. And there's a lot of international travel there. And I think it was the first site where COVID really started spreading in Colorado. So there was a lot of fear there. So yeah, it just, my mind shift changed. And then I realized, oh, I've taken on the job of a team-based traveling national service program <laughs> that brings members from all over the country to one place and then sends them all over the country. Oh, let's go serve, you know, vulnerable communities. Oh, wait, <laughs> are we sending our members nope. with things? So, so yeah, so the two, first two and a half years of my job was just like, don't spread COVID, right? Like right. keep the members safe, keep the community safe. So I should say this, the mission of NCCC, we do two things one way, right? We support communities and we develop leaders through team-based national and community service, right? And so our members, usually teams of anywhere between eight to 10, or yeah, eight to 10, do three in our region, three round projects. Our shortest round is like six to seven weeks. Our longest round is like three months. And so we send them to different communities in that nine state region to support on a number of different things. Think like home building, trail maintenance, disaster relief and support, food and security issues, energy conservation. I mean, we really do a lot. So yeah, it's been, you know, 2021, I believe it was all, not all, but a lot of like vaccination clinics with FEMA, right? We mm -hmm. were in like nine different states and more. We were in New York, we were in New Jersey, we were in Kentucky, we were places that are not our region because the need was there, right? And so our yeah. members, there was this beautiful moment where my dad went to get the vaccine Aww. and there was an American triple C member from my campus and they took a picture together and sent it to me. And it was like, I see the, the real impact in my life, which was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Wow. That, so when I was with the Maryland State Service Commission, there was a vaccine site where NCCC, it was in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Wait, was it Gaithersburg? I think so. No, it wasn't. Anyways, it was because it was around a metro station. And so we had the NCCC folks out there doing the running the vaccine site. And yeah, the, the impact of NCCC is... I've had so many for a while. I was interviewing NCCC after NCCC. I'm like, okay, I need to like vet people. I love NCCC folks, but mm -hmm. we need some Vista. We need some state and national on here as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the impact of the program and you know it's, it's something else I think is really important is getting the word out that that these NCCC groups can go out and serve, like there's an application process that's open for a certain amount of time and organizations need to, you know, know that, that, that that's a resource available to them if they qualify, right? What does that look like, like the partnerships and is that a competitive process to get a group? Yeah, but we put an emphasis on working with new sponsors. So there's that. Okay, that's there's great. There's a somewhat competitive advantage if you're new and we haven't worked with you before. The requirements are pretty simple. So it's a six page application. It's nothing too wild. The three things that we're always looking for are housing. So the sponsors provide housing. And I think folks sometimes see housing when they just think like a house. Like we have put members in church basements. We have had members camp. We have had members in like, you know, um, civic centers that are being used. Like we can get creative as to what housing looks like, but it traditionally has a bathroom and showers. So if they don't have that, that's okay. We've had members 
shower at gyms where you know the sponsor gives them gym membership so they go to the gym and they shower and that's fine they have a kitchen typically but we've also sent folks with hot plates and that's been sufficient so housing and then they need site supervision because they can't just be left to their own devices like our members are generalists so we need the sponsor to provide yeah. the training what they want them to do and then yeah training i guess is the third thing that i would say folks need but so there's no match there's no financial, you know, we're unique in that way in that we offer people power. And so there isn't the same requirements that you might have on an AmeriCorps State National Grant, AmeriCorps Senior Grant, or an AmeriCorps VISTA Grant. We like to think of ourselves as the lowest barrier entry point for AmeriCorps. You know, it's mm -hmm. so easy to get a triple C team. And like, whereas a state and national grant might take you a year to develop and a year to implement, an NCCC team, you can apply in March and they can come by September. You know, like it's that quick. Wow. Yeah. That that's a that's a great turnaround. And I love the idea of having it be an easy entry point to AmeriCorps. Cause I mean, without getting into too many details, AmeriCorps grants are challenging. They can be challenging. I interviewed you're my second interview of 2024. And prior to to chatting with you, I chatted with Amanda McSwine yesterday, actually. And, and we talked about like, basically she goes basically, cause she's a grant grant manager. She's like, I basically look at what we, what we need to do and the requirements and I make sure we do it and we don't get in trouble. You know, like, it's like, what CFRs do we need to make sure that we're paying attention to? And, and it can be challenging. And I think one of the things that is important is like, you know, the impact on the community from AmeriCorps, but also the impact on the the folks that go through the programs. So I don't know if you have any if if you have any like stories or recollect a recollection of of maybe individuals who have gone through NCCC that you've worked with and seen some like that transformation that sparkle in their eye where they, you know, they they didn't know what they were getting into. It's like the the hero's journey, right? Like they took the leap of faith and then they were like, I don't like camping, you know, and I don't like my crew members. And then they figure out that like, I'm learning how to get along with people that I used to not like. And then they come on the other side and they're like, angels and advocates for the program. But do you have any reflections yeah, on I that? Yeah, I do. I'll give you two examples. And one Love will it. be from the professional realm and one will be from the like NCCC realm, right? So when I worked at Serve Colorado, my staff included this young woman named Nellie Stagg. And Nellie Stagg had served as a team leader at the NCCC Southwest Region Campus. And Nellie Stagg is a rock star and continues to be a rock star. Nellie you could tell how her time at NCCC gave her the confidence to, you know, succeed professionally. She's someone who helped us completely revamp our state service plan. You know, I'm so proud of the state service plan that we developed, that our commission developed from the 2018 to 2021 year. Stella, uh, Nellie had this data-centric mindset that I think came from having to, you know, process weekly progress reports and project completion reports that had quantifiables that she was responsible for tracking for all her different projects. That data mindset transitioned, I think, to her professional career. So Nellie Stagg, love to highlight her as just this amazing young woman who continues being amazing and is a rock star in the Colorado nonprofit community. The person I'll talk about from like my time here at NCCC, you know Heather Foster? who was previously with the West Virginia Commission. I think, believe she was the ED of the West Virginia Commission, and now she's the regional administrator out there. Okay. Um, her son, Micah, actually was a NCCC member. 
Uh, and I remember Heather calling me and saying, I'm sending you Micah, you need to take care of him. And I said, oh, don't worry, we'll make sure Micah does great. And Heather called me after Micah's service here and says, you've changed him so much. You know, because think about it, these folks go from, you know, our, our typical, and I haven't mentioned this yet, is our program is for 18 to 24 year olds. The CARES Act extended that to 26 year olds. But that range, folks are really becoming themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, before, you know, Micah wouldn't, you know, make basic things like the teenagers do, right? Clean the room, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, she felt like there was a change there, but even cooking and cleaning, right? Like the cooking part, she's like, Micah cooks now. And I guess that one mom and said, thank you so much. And she was like, for what? And she's like, all this is so expensive. And I had no idea until I did my service here because, you know, teens are given mm -hmm. a living allowance and have to put that together to come up with meals and things like that. So Micah had a brand new appreciation for everything at home, which he guess just take it for granted. But she's like, you know, he's more confident and just like energized in a way I haven't seen before. So to me, he's an ultimate success story. He actually ended up winning, I think, member of the year. So that's yeah. amazing. And it makes total sense that you're going to, an individual could come out of that program and feel that, that confidence. In fact, while you were talking, I was thinking my daughter's 21 going on 22. So finishing up her college experience. And I'm thinking about a handful of her friends that would really benefit going through NCCC for sure. For sure. Well, and I should pitch. So we have the yeah. traditional NCCC service year, which is 1700 hours. And for us, our class starts, they come in in October and they're done by like July. But then we also have this new pro program called Summer of Service, which is literally just for folks between May and August. And it's a shortened NCCC experience. You do one project instead of the three, but you still do our core training institute. You still get to meet a group of people. And We've seen folks love this experience. When they're in college, they can do this and then go back to their universities. Um, or even after, before they start their, their professional careers, they say, you know what, we want to just take some time to give back and do some national service. So this will be our upcoming third year at the Southwest region doing summer of service. Uh, our first year was conservation and disaster focused. Our second year, it was housing and conservation. And this year, it's sort of open. But we not we not only serve our nine states, but we also serve the Pacific region as well, with the exception of Hawaii and Alaska, because it's just too hard to get the members out we there. We gotta first. get you out to Hawaii, Antonio. And I'm trying so hard. No, but I actually went with my wife for her 40th, and it's as beautiful as I thought it was gonna be. Oh, good. good. I went to Kauai, loved it. It's amazing. But yeah, good. I would pitch the summer of service program, and I think we're yeah. doing recruitment for that right now. If folks are interested. Okay. That's great. I'll follow up with you on that too. My nine to fiver, I work with an organization that was previously a campus compact. So that's like right up our alley because we have higher education institutions and we have access to students. So I'll follow up with you Monday between the hours of nine to five. I love it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Well, Antonio, you shared such a, like, just a beautiful storyline of, of national service. And I love how you dipped in and then dipped back out and then national service captured you again. And you were so intentional on your wanting to understand all streams of service and, and being part of NCCC. It, I, I want to ask you like what you're excited about right now, like professionally, personally, do you have things coming down the pike that you're like super pumped about? Yeah, I'll talk about NCCC and I'll talk about what's next. So NCCC 
I just mentioned we did this um, national service convening. We brought together folks. And my approach with my region is we have all these amazing partners, but we're often so siloed. You know, mm. state nationals doing their thing, and triple C is doing their thing, yes. Vista is doing their thing. We're going to start working together. We're going to start being intentional about that collaboration. And that includes intentional collaboration with like communities we want to reach out to more, tribal sovereign communities, the veteran communities. Also, just more intentional about our elected official outreach and educating folks about the power of national service. We also see that there's some issue areas that the need is just true across the region. Housing is one of those issue area. We know there's more need in housing. And so we want to see how can we be a force multiplier when we work together? How can we, maybe an organization needs a VISTA to bolster them up so they can apply for a state national grant, but during that time, they're using an C team to do some of the groundwork or a demonstration project, right? Like to me, that's a perfect example of that. Yeah. Maybe an organization is losing their VISTA member because of a, you know, challenges with those resources. And so maybe NCCC is the right fit for now. Well, they get their vista back like there's so many ways we can support one another and create this a beautiful safety net of national service mm. um, and so that gets me super excited right when i think about yeah. the power so we're, we're working on that and then professionally i have recently received a conditional offer from the peace corps to be a country director oh my god yeah wow that's so, so exciting I'm, yeah i'm doing the health Screening and I'm doing my national security screening to make sure I can get my clearance. And yeah, it'll be somewhere likely in Latin America or the Caribbean. But yeah, that, I'm so, taking my service international. So, so national service is going to lose you for a minute until we grab you back. Yeah, until they decide, you know what, that's enough. Come back to us. Well, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to come at, have to, oh, you can't do NCCC. Uh, I was going to say, you're going to have to come back and do NCCC just to say that you've done but it. I could do AmeriCorps Seniors. Yes, I know. Isn't that like, I need to contact AmeriCorps Seniors and see if they can change the the the, the year that you can do. Or, I don't know. I don't oh, know. No, wait, I it's about. 55, right? That's the low I end? I think so, okay, yeah. Never mind, I can't do AmeriCorps no. Seniors. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, like, so that's very exciting about Peace Corps. Wow, that's so cool. We're going to have to follow up with you to see where your journey, maybe in a year and hear what's what's going on with, with Peace Corps. Let's talk about your 40 under 40. Like, congratulations. Sure. I was looking at the list that, that you're, you know, that, that you're joined with and there's some pretty, pretty amazing hitters out there in Colorado. So tell me about that experience. And it looks like we get to celebrate you in, in March for an official celebration yeah love it it's something that and this is like a lesson I want to give everyone it's like if you fail try again right like I Absolutely. have been nominated by some amazing people at AmeriCorps for 40 under 40 for some years now and every year it's like nope 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 and this year it finally folks were like yes and so you know I think don't get discouraged if you fail failure yeah. is actually really powerful it's the best way to learn it's the best way to be successful there's the Gretzky model of like, you miss every shot you don't take. But I also think to improve on that, it's like your shot gets better the more shots you take. So love that. Yeah. I started, I think back in like, back during COVID, because I thought the things we were doing using national service to do contact tracing. I don't know if you've heard of the COVID containment response court that we started out here in Colorado. Oh, wow. AmeriCorps and C members as contact tracers for the state working with the Department of Public Health and Environment. So. 
started then, applied, had someone nominate me, and it was fantastic, and I got rejected, and that was okay. This year, I think the 40 Under 40 is acknowledging the work we've done with our economic mobility among you, that we signed this MOU with the state of Colorado for our AmeriCorps members to support with the Colorado Biden tax project. Our members are doing taxes for low-income folks. And last year, we returned about $7.5 million to the state of Colorado. And over the course of the two years of the MOU, $15 million. This wow. year, we think between 7 and $10 million again. So just like a real you know, economic impact to the state. And when you think about it, NCCC's yearly budget is $36 million. So we're giving back you know, almost a fifth of our budget just to the state of Colorado, just in this one round. You know, yeah, that's an amazing that that's such an amazing just kind of like picture of about the with impact of N Triple C when you think about dollars and cents of it all, and it looks like a lot of the folks that are on this forty under forty for the Denver Business Journal, like there's a lot of several of them look like they are in some type of service, like you know, it's like it, it's the Business Journal, but so many of these folks look like they're in community engagement and community service projects. Yeah, I have a good friend from Leadership Denver, Allie Engelkin, who I think also made that list. And she's the vice president of community relations at the Denver Broncos. And so, you know, that Leadership Denver program was fantastic. And I encourage folks who are in the community to, to do it. But we talked during that time, like, how can we support AmeriCorps? Like folks just trying to interact. Yeah. And another partner um, started this wonderful nonprofit called the Aurora uh, Village Exchange. Um, which works with refugees in, in Aurora, which is where the campus is. And we actually did a partnership where an NCCC team went and served with that community for a bit. So that list has collaborated amongst itself to support cool. the community and use national service as a tool. That's so cool. I love that. I mean, the this the title of this podcast is AmeriCorps Connections. And like jokingly, but not jokingly, I have in one of my signatures on my email is Super Connector because, you know, I can be having a conversation with somebody and then my Rolodex is going through thinking, who do they need to connect with? Who could support their work? Who could expand what they're doing? It, we just, you know, what is it? Go fast, go alone, go together, go forever. That's not it, but something like that. <laughs> So that's cool to hear that the list is actually collaborating within itself and super exciting to hear that AmeriCorps and the different streams will eventually start to work together as well. Because as you said, there's, there's loopholes that you mean, there's, there's, there's connections here where NCCC could fit and then Vista, and then maybe it can turn into a state and national. So super exciting news and information. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And I am so, I'm so happy to know your story and know you and good luck with Peace Corps. I mean, we're sad we're going to lose you for, I guess that that means the positions open is opening at NCCC. <laughs> anyone, anyone? <laughs> it will, it will, as it open up yet, but we'll definitely put it out there. We're looking, yeah. we're looking for connectors who can continue <laughs> this, this path. So yeah. <laughs> And I'm assuming your your employer NCCC knows this. So they when this, know. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be like <laughs> surprise. Surprise! No. The, AmeriCorps Connections exclusive. Antonio's re resignation. Breaking news! Every podcast got a joke. <laughs> yeah. So the last thing I like to ask in closing, as we land the ship or land the plane. What what do you see for the greater AmeriCorps alum community? Like, what would be something that would be amazing? Maybe we can strive for. I mean, 
yeah, there's a million of us strong. What do you what do you see for us? Yeah, I would say my career in public service comes from my parents' journey. They're Dominican immigrants, and my career is about giving back and sort of thanking folks for all they've done. I know that my success isn't my own. That 40 under 40 should be with a bunch of other people who've helped me succeed. So I would say as you are start being successful in your careers, and I know so many of you who are, start thinking about how you can give back to AmeriCorps. You know, we have this amazing NCCC Class 1 alum, Rob Haynes, who works for Boeing here in Colorado and has come and spoken many times in our campus, has um, connected us with several uh, local nonprofits like the Denver Urban Gardens. Like to me, he's an example of exactly what we need from our alums, which is that leadership, but also that give back mentality of how can we make things better, faster, stronger for that next generation of NCCC member. So yeah, think about that for those of you who had the privilege of serving. How can you strengthen not only AmeriCorps, but your communities in the country? I love that. That's a perfect closing and just a perfect messaging of giving back and and giving back specifically to either your program or AmeriCorps at large, you know. Thank you so much, Antonio. Really appreciate your time. And for all those folks out there that are following us, we will be back next week with another AmeriCorps alum to hear their amazing story. Take care and be well, everyone.